Hey everybody, welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joy Ann Reed. How are you, cousin? I'm good. I I made it here in time. I'm thanking the Lord I switched planes. I was so happy when I got that text that you took an earlier flight. There was a cheer around the Read <laughs> This, Read That room. We were very happy. Yeah. So well, you were at CBC Weekend. I was at the uh, Congressional Black Caucus. It's a whole week um, of the uh, their annual legislative conference. It was really good. Mm. Um, but my fl- I had an event that ended supposedly at 11.30, supposedly started at nine, but you know, hashtag us, it started <laughs> probably like a half hour late. It's CP, CBC. CP, CBC, CBC, um, But So it was really good. And so I got out of there. I managed to get through, get out. And then when I got to the airport, I was early enough that I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Now that we have these cameras in here, I'm like, well, let me take my gum out. In the in the most messy <laughs> But it's like this what? gooey gum. I don't know why. And it's like, it's still. It was like a whole string of gum. It was like gum. a whole thing like cheese, but okay. <laughs> Moving on. Not- vegan cheese. <laughs> like vegan cheese gum. You were saying? Oh, anyway, I got to the airport early, took an earlier flight, and I'm here. So that's it. We made it were back. You, you were trying to outrun the hurricane, I'm though. trying to outrun the hurricane. You know the thing about the hurricane, though? It's actually nice in D.C. It's sunny. You know, and that What's usually the is the case. the calm before the storm? Right, the calm before the storm. So um, I'm actually, I'm supposed to be in Atlanta tomorrow for my cousin's birthday party. But there's no way I'm going to be able to go. Because I wouldn't be able to get back. I know. No, I wouldn't be able to get back. Oh, have you told her yet? Uh, it's, it's he. I have to. I have to. It's a party for him, so I have to text his his uh, his wife. Um, there's just no way. I mean, yeah. I, in a normal life, you could just go in and out of Atlanta, do a quick in and get out. So but easy. I'm afraid I'll get down there and they'll cancel my flight back. Yeah. And I got to be on TV Sunday, so unfortunately. But happy birthday, Nigel. One of my absolute favorite cousins. Love him. So shout him out on the podcast. Well, what about you, girl? That's what's happening? Well, yeah, what's happening in your you life? You know, I'm a little hungover. <laughs> a little? Because a of little. your adventure? Yes. Let's, let's talk about this adventure. Let me tell you. Well, I realized that I am, that was my last night out. I'm never going to stay out late and party and just drink as much as I want to drink again. You must have been really hungover because that's what a really hungover person says. I never drink again. I, I haven't had a I haven't had a hungover. See, I haven't been hungover. I can't even remember the last time. It's just crazy. And I woke up this morning like Jesus. <laughs> Rooms, st- please stop spinning. Oh, that's the worst. Dogs, go back to sleep. There'll that's be no the walk this morning. Now, what happened? What was this? What was this party? So, I went to Catch, mm-hmm. um, which is one of my favorite restaurants. You know, you've been there with me because they have great vegan items on the menu, mm-hmm. and it happened to be their seventh anniversary party up okay. on their rooftop. Okay. Star-studded party. So, I was downstairs waiting for a friend of mine uh, in the bar. I was having, you know, we were going to have dinner together, so I had a cocktail. Mm-hmm. And Just I, one. Just one. Okay. But I had just left a birthday party over mm-hmm. at uh, 65 Rock. Okay. Uh, not 65. 60, bar 65. Oh, Bar 65. Yeah, yeah, at 30 Rock. And I had two glasses of champagne there. Okay. So we're at three. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So then I had a, a glass of uh, champagne at the bar. Okay. Then my friend was a little late for dinner, but he got there. And then he and I had a bottle of red wine. A whole bottle. A whole bottle that we split. Okay. Okay. Then. So we're on three glasses of champagne and a half a bottle of wine. Yes. Okay. And then. And uh, the restaurant sent over a glass of champagne. Okay. So drink that. Okay. Then they sent this ginger beer shot. Mm. I only sipped on that a couple of times. Okay. But I think that added to what was going on. The intensity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we went upstairs to the rooftop party for some reason. Because I said to myself and to my my, my dinner companion, listen, I, I got to go home early. Because mm-hmm. no. you, you had to work. I had today. to work in right. the morning. Okay. So mm-hmm. then I went upstairs and they I walked up. And they handed me another glass of champagne. (laughs) 
And how many then, glasses of champagne are we at right now? I don't know. And Someone then I had me. one more glass of champagne. I lost count. Needless to say, I and then I hit the dance floor. <laughs> um, and I brought out some moves that I hadn't seen in a long time. But I mm-hmm. was I was all over there, you know, telling doing the DJ he was doing the right thing, doing the most. Okay. Doing way too much. Okay. Um, so then that happened and then um, you know, and then I headed home a little bit before one AM. And okay. um, you know, I won't get into those details. <laughs> was there throwing up involved? Yes, there, there was. was much, right. There was the over the uh, toilet basin. Thank God. For, I, didn't, live. I didn't even make it to my house. <laughs> <laughs> throwing up on the street. It was like all I could do was get out of the cab. And unfortunately, I had a bag of food to go. You <laughs> so are, my, that became, Why did you eat the food to absorb the alcohol? Because it was greasy food. That's what you do to absorb no, alcohol. That doesn't work for me. No? Because, no, because I, that makes me even queasier. The, even the thought of it. Okay. I'm just, I'm not trying to think of these things mm-hmm. as I'm, you know, trying to hold down what's inside of me. So okay. fortunately I had the little to go bag. Mm-hmm. Um and I vomited inside of that. Nobody saw me though. I did it as my grandmother used to say, there's an art to everything. Mm-hmm. I did that, <laughs> wiped my lip. <laughs> went went gracefully into my apartment, okay. spoke to my doorman, went upstairs. <laughs> as far as and, you can remember. Yes, as far as, no, I, for, I wasn't drunk, though. Okay. I really, I remember well, How many everything. glasses of champagne? We're talking about five, six, plus a half a bottle of wine, plus the, the shot of ginger something. But it was a lot, lot of time over in between. A, over yeah, a long over period long of time. And dinner and yeah. everything. So it was all spread out. Like, those first three glasses of champagne, you know, I, then I had dinner. So right. it was a lot of time. Okay. Um, but, yeah. And a lot of alcohol. So you're not feeling your best? Not today. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm staring at this. You know how when you have those nights, it's mm-hmm. like you really don't want to drink anymore? But hair of the dog, right? The theory is you got to drink more to get rid of the, the nausea. So you have to actually continue drinking. What is this? What is this school that you've gone to hair for hangover? I mean, first you want to eat greasy food. That's what you do. Can I just tell you, the last time I was really, really hungover, I got to work. I had to go to work the next day. Got to 30 Rock, <laughs> went up to the commissary, and I ordered not a couple of bits of it but i apologize my vegan friend but i ordered an entire like carton of bacon did you and i just ate bacon until i felt better that made you feel better yeah because the grease the grease helps to absorb the alcohol and i ate a whole lot of bacon it's salty because you want something salty and it's greasy and it does make you feel better i had coconut i had brown rice just mm-hmm. the driest brown rice i could find right and i had i mean all brown rice is, is pretty much I dry love brown rice though it's just yummy just a gravel <laughs> brown rice and like a fistful of just fresh spinach okay with lemon juice and vinegar that Even was my breakfast and that helped kind of and then i had coconut water mm-hmm and then I, I've been nursing this bottle of seltzer water all day. Can I just tell you that even your hangover remedies are like upscale? <laughs> <laughs> like, can't you have a normal hangover, hangover like toast? <laughs> You're just like, and then I got some rosemary, sprinkled on a little bit of cayenne pepper, and with was, a little with a pinch of nutmeg, for flavor. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, but, but I started to feel better to the point that I said, you know what? Let me get some. I, with me, I need something salty and tangy. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. vinegar. So okay. I got some salt and vinegar potato chips. Got here, had a little salad with vinegar on mm-hmm. it and um, some fries with ketchup. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. I'm feeling better. Now you're better. good to go. I'm good to go. You're good to go. But And then you got a drink in front of you, which will start the cycle all over again, oh, which God. is what we want. I can't. All right, My days of partying are over. <laughs> let's move along because there's so much that happened this week. There is so much. So much. Can we start off with Lady O? Lady Omarosa. 
So she got into You said Lady Oh, so first I thought you said we're gonna say Michelle Obama, of course. Or Oprah. Or Oprah. No. Nope. No, nope. Lady O. Omarosa. So we're talking about Omarosa. She's been doing her uh, apology tour. Mm-hmm. You know, a, book for, slash sell a whole well, lot of book tour. Well, it was first. It was just about the book, but it transitioned into because I actually heard her say mm-hmm. on an interview. I can't remember which one. You know, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Can you turn your ringer off? I what is why happening? Calling me. I, I'm sorry. I do not understand. Anyway, go on. Is the ringer? Is it one of the babies? It, uh, it's not. No, it's not. It's an unknown number. It's somebody <laughs> just calling. Whoever this is, please don't call during. We're a, in the studio. During the podcast. Yes. Okay. So one interview, but so she's been on this apology tour, right? Um, Omarosa has uh, basically is what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she may not agree with that, but she basically said that she regrets helping Donald Trump. She enabled elected. him. Yes. She said she was in a toxic relationship mm-hmm. with Donald Trump, and that she enabled all of the bad things that have happened subsequently, and he's not fit to be president. And that she—that's what she thinks now. Yes. But I remember her saying that everyone would have to bow down to Donald Trump. Yes. And during the campaign, you know, I had her on the show multiple times, in which she argued very strenuously yes. that black people were going to thank God he was president, that he was going to be the greatest president, and that. You know how dare anybody criticize him? But now she's she's changed her mind. Yes, and everyone has a right to change everyone their mind. Everyone has a right, absolutely, to change their mind. And, and so apparently books. she I'm has. into selling books. I believe in selling books. God bless her. <laughs> she sold a lot of books, and she's still dropping tapes. She has tapes that yes. she's been rolling out little by little by little. Little by like little breadcrumbs. Little breadcrumbs. She did one on the view. <laughs> yes. yes. So she did some. And that's where ball. she was said that's where it was on the view where she said she was sorry. But she's been doing some interviews with members of the black media. Yeah, aside a few. From you. Mm-hmm. And she's been having some. Arguments, challenges. So with Clay, what's Clay's last name? So Clay Kane. Clay Kane is a journalist. He actually, he actually um, has written for the Griot, mm-hmm. which is where I got to know him. Clay is a black LGBT writer. Mm-hmm. He's written for Gawker. He's um, had his pieces published in the Washington Post. He's pretty well known in the space of writing about being gay and black, gay in the black church. Yeah, that's kind of where he made a name for himself. I think he even wrote a book about it. Mm. So that's kind of where he's where I've known of him. He does some writing that's on pop culture and entertainment, mm-hmm. but he's mainly a writer in that space. So. He has a show on Sirius XM that started not too long ago, and he had her on. And again, to your point, she hasn't done a lot of interviews with um, black journalists. I think she did the right. Griot. Mm. I think she's, I, th- I want to say, has she done BET? No, I think she did the Griot. She and hasn't a couple. done Joiner. I don't radio. think she's done The Root, which would mm. be a tough one. Yeah. Um, she's done, you know, a little bit here and there. She did my show. Um, yeah. So she, and she's had, had not done Mark Thompson. So it's, there were back to back interviews that she scheduled at Sirius XM. So you're just going from one from to the one other. From one studio to the next. Correct. And so the the second to last interview was with Clay Kane, and uh, it didn't go well. Okay, and fine, fine, fine. Okay, whatever you say, I'm a roaster. So but but you, were, you, were, you, you, were that, you were in that, you were in that white house. You were in that white house. You were in that white house. Now I'm screaming. Now, now, now I'm screaming. You were in that white house with, 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 with the racist president. And you, and That's gutter. You were in the white house with the racist president. That is gutter. It's not a matter of what I wanted. I was asking you fair questions. I had a list of fair questions. I had a list of, your team's trying to get you to leave. I still have seven minutes left in the show. I still have... People already are. see you, Omarosa. So Folks already see you. See you. And now, and now, I'm, I'm in the category with, with, with Ed Gordon. You're I'm in the gutter. category with Simone the Sanders. Gutter, all the black You're folks in the media you've attacked. All the black folks you've media you've attacked. Oh, so you know what? Yes, there are several. So you know what? Good day. Have a great day. Good luck with Unhinged. Good luck with your bestseller. I look forward to the next book, the next reality show. Sell out as many black folks as you can. Sell them out. Sell them out. Sell them, sell, them out, you you sell them out. Sell them out, Omarosa. Sell them out, Omarosa. You have, you have, you have a whole audience watching. You have a whole audience watching. I still, I still have five minutes left of my show. I still, look at your team. That's not my management. That's my management. 
That, yeah, because I'm better. Okay. Well, I have five minutes left. She's still talking. She wants to go as far as she can go. This is what you call unhinged. This is, you this is what you call unhinged. All right. All right. You, you don't have permission to, to post the clip. I'm posting you don't, Okay, well, you don't have my permission. <laughs> Detective Amorosa strikes again. Video audio. Um, and so there are a few things, issues. Once that posted to Twitter, mm. people had a few comments calling him a bitch. Um, not becoming mm-hmm. of, you know, somebody like Omarosa who really cultivates a very high-end See, and I was listening. Image. I didn't hear her say that. Oh, at the end? Yeah, she I did. I was listening specifically for that, but I, I missed it. I yeah. missed it. I'm not saying she didn't say it, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, um, she, she dropped that at the end. Which is interesting. A lot of people saying, you know, she's married to a pastor. She also is a pastor. She is a pastor as well. So church is going to be uncomfortable on Sunday for her. Just a little bit. But I, I think that... Even if she is upset with members of, you know, black media, um, who, when she was with Donald Trump and helping him to get elected, uh, basically were very upset with her. People gave her a really hard time, mm-hmm. des- deservingly, right. um, I think. And I think that now that she's apologizing for her behavior and for helping Trump, for enabling him, as you mm-hmm. said, she said, I think it's probably smart of her not to get in these arguments with members of the black media like that. Yeah. Even if she's upset about something that happens, I would control that. I don't think it works with this whole apology tour that she's on. It doesn't. It's, it's, it's kind of off-brand to the new Omar, the one she's being now, right. where she's, you know, she's on MSNBC all the time. She's sort of becoming sort of morphing into like a pundit, uh, sort of a Trump expert. Um, She's cultivating a much more, a much less combative image. I mean, she's black people are starting to forgive her. Not all. Some are saying, listen, yeah, I'm not going to forget what you did. But if you help to take down Trump, yeah, I forgive you for everything. Uh, On our show, the panel after she was on, um, we (laughs) we the conclusion of that panel um, was that she could come to the cookout and get a plate in the car. Like she had to stay in the car, don't get out. A plate in the car. So she was working her way out of the car. But this is what I'm saying. At least she's at the point where she can come she's to the cookout, the cookout and get food. And get food. That's saying. Yeah. She's, so the, these types of um, situations are going to set her back because she left Clay and then she went in with Mark Thompson. And then she went, her next interview was with Mark Thompson. And um, Mark's interview was then not so great because she was already obviously in a difficult mood. Now, FYI, it's very difficult when you have a bad interview, and I can totally understand. Sometimes yeah. you just have a bad day. Yeah. And maybe she was just in a bad mood. Maybe. And so maybe it was not a good day for her to do media, and so I think we have to kind of understand that sometimes, you know, just because somebody's in the public eye doesn't mean they're perfect or that they can compose themselves all That's the time. Um, and That's fair. She, she's kind of cultivated because she was a pageant. You know, she comes from the pageant world, and she's cultivated this very carefully crafted image, but that doesn't mean you can always maintain it. Sometimes you just have a crappy day. Yeah. And maybe that's what was going on. Maybe that's what was going on. Hopefully she'll come on Read This, Read That we and would tell us about it. We would love to have you on uh, Omarosa. We'll serve you potato salad if you want. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. We don't do ribs up in, in the here, st- though. No, because we're, we'll do vegan ribs. Yeah, well, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to Impossible Foods and have them You make them out of mushrooms. Vegan, They're delicious. Vegan ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change your mind. Uh, yes. All and right. meanwhile, speaking of um, black women under fire. Mm-hmm. So angry this week. I um, cannot tell you how upset I am about Serena Williams in the U.S. Open. Yeah, I'm glad. First, I'm glad that's not the day I went. We went the first night. Um, Jason and I went the first night that she played. Um, so it that was, was her. before she played Venus. This was before she played Venus. So okay. we went the very first night that she yeah. played, um, which it was a match she won, which made it more fun because mm-hmm. you wanted to. You know, we're all rooting for her. She won. It was a tough match, but she won it. Um, I'll, I'll, 
I've seen a lot, just a lot of times following her. Sometimes she'll drop the first, you know, the first game set and match. She may go down, mm-hmm. but then she usually comes back. She actually gets better as the course of these matches go. Mm-hmm. So, so in the case of uh, Naomi Osaka, um, she had lost the first match, uh, again the first set. Mm-hmm. She'd lost the first set, and they were and they were playing. You know, they were moving on. Um, and she was getting a tough row, a tough go. Naomi Osaka is really good. She's only 20 years old. Yeah. Um, Serena's her idol. They have a lot in common. Um, Naomi also has an older sister who plays tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, she's um, playing for Japan, but she's actually half Japanese and half, half Haitian. Haitian. Yeah. And grew up in the United States. And very um, proud of her father, who is Haitian American. Very proud. Yeah. Yes. So it's two. So basically, it's two black women. You know, two yeah. women of color. Um, uh, they joined the Japanese Tennis Association. There's some question about whether they had some trouble getting in the U.S. Tennis Association, which would be terrible if it was true. But so she's playing for Japan, but she she idolizes Serena, right? And so she was in a tough position because you want to win at, if you you know as a competitor, but you don't want to see your idol lose. Exactly, right? And I always felt like that was the exact same thing that used to happen with Serena and Venus. They would play each other, but you got the sense that Venus wanted to win, but she didn't want Serena to lose. Yeah, but I think I think Naomi, who who said this in an interview, she said I idolize you know Serena, but on the court I'm just another tennis player and I think Serena and Venus are that way yeah I think they love each other and of course they don't want to see their sister lose right but they're just playing tennis but I always felt like of the two of them they're both brilliant tennis players I think they're equally gifted but Serena to me had slightly more killer instinct yeah. where she's like no I do want to beat her you know yeah. what I mean like I always yeah. felt like emotionally Venus had you could see it in her face that she didn't want her sister to lose and Serena was like no no I do want her a little I bit of that may have, may have been because she's a little sister she's the little sister you know what I mean? exactly and so she exactly. probably grew up in playing her against her sister exactly. and losing for a long time. That's right. And so when she finally overtook her, that's when you knew Serena was going to be the greatest tennis player of all time. Right. I think the two of them are the and two greatest. And greatest athlete of all time, I have to say. But with the situation with Serena and Naomi, Naomi had the better day. Mm-hmm. You know, she had the, um, she just was a better tennis player in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and deserved to win. But what upset me was the interaction that Serena had with this umpire, judge, you know, whatever he is, mm-hmm. um, and people trying to make it make it seem like that exchange and her being upset with that exchange was just because she was losing. Right. And that bothered me because this woman has played tennis for a long time. She has 23 grand slams. But I'm sure she has lost mm-hmm. many of times and yes. knows how to have great composure when she loses. This was about, in her eyes, being treated unfairly. Correct. And everyone from Billie Jean King to Chris Everett talked about how that judge you know, was sexist in his treatment of her. Judge Robinson, because not only did he, so the first thing that happened, if you guys haven't been following him, yeah. is he penalized her for coaching. Now, people who follow tennis know that the coaches who sit in the stands always try to send signals Everybody to the players. Everybody does it. They all try to coach from the from the bench. They're not supposed right. to. And it doesn't mean that she's watching him. Right, or that she's taking his advice. Right. And so he, first he hits her for that. Then she objects to it, and he hits her for disrespecting him, mm-hmm. basically. Because she called him a thief. She called him a thief, and he and he did something I've never seen before, which is that he he took a game from her. First, he took a point. First, he took a point. Then he took a game. Then he took a game. Which, when you look at the John McEnroes and all of these men, Jimmy Connors, Jimmy Connors, and the way that they have expressed themselves, I mean, cursed, the, screamed. cursed, screamed. Yes, the things that they've said. I mean, oh my goodness. Jimmy Connors once screamed, "You are an abortion." Yeah. To a line judge, yeah. and nothing, and he and was nothing. not fun. not the penalized judge. in any way. In any way, and and you know, I played tennis growing up. 
one thing about the line judge, they were invisible. Mm. You never saw or heard from them. They, their goal was to be invisible because they never wanted to seem partial. They're having to call. You know, these these matches go 6-2, 6-4. It's very close. And so to take a game away from some of you, I know it's game, set, match, you take a 6-3 and make it a 6-4. You know what I mean? Like, that's not right. You, you've, you've added to, you've padded the other person's score in a way, which but takes also, away from Naomi Osaka. And he also, a few years ago, accused Venus of, of the same thing. The same judge. The same thing, same judge. And it was a, a similar exchange. You know, she didn't get as heated as Serena did, but she fought back against that. Yes. She was like, you know, this is my reputation. Mm-hmm. You don't, I, I've never cheated. And they're not the only players. There are male players that have had issues with the same judge. He's the, his name has come up in more stories about mm-hmm. tennis uh, players objecting to the way that he judges. I would think that the U.S. Tennis Association would take a look at him. Why does his name keep coming up? See, but what bothers me um, is the fact that people people are, think that by talking about Serena and what happened to her and the sexism and racism uh, involved that this woman and her sister have had to deal with throughout their tennis careers um, means that you're taking something away from Naomi um, Osaka mm-hmm. and I'm you can be you can root for her mm-hmm. and still be upset about Serena in the same breath and I think it something was taken away from Naomi Osaka which was her moment yeah. I think this judge spoiled her moment as much as this judge spoiled you know Serena's um, opportunity. I think he unfairly added points or deleted points from the game. I don't think the judge should be doing it. Let the players play and put the points on the board. He made that moment bigger than it had to be. He put an asterisk by Naomi Osaka because now no one knows if had that uh, game not been taken away, would Serena have come back? That's It's an unknown question which is unfair to Naomi Osaka who played a great game and deserved to win. um, Or played a great match and deserved to win. And he also, she was up there crying yeah. She was miserable because she saw how angry and upset that Serena, was heartbreaking. Serena was. It ruined it for both of them. And I felt badly for um, Naomi, but I was just so upset about what happened with Serena. I just, I was, I've been, I posted that on Monday. I haven't posted a thing on my social media since. Well, I've been so pissed about it. You could have posted more because then you had the reaction. So this, this um, incident divided the tennis world. Oh. You had Martina Navratilova taking sides with Ramos, and you had Billie Jean King take sides with Serena. You had various op-ed pieces written on Serena's side and then you had some people who were tennis commentators against her saying she was a bad sport. I couldn't believe that people were saying she was being a bad sport. I know. That pisses me off. First of all, tennis is incredibly emotional. You have no team. It's just you. It's a game. For you to get upset because you're losing or that a judge is being unfair to you, how is that... It's normal for tennis. It's so normal for any sport. Witness John McEnroe. Again, he used to scream, throw his racket, freak out. Like, actually, every single match he would have an incident. When men do it, it's passionate. Exactly. And he, and by the way, John McEnroe, who is a serial abuser of uh, umpires and line judges. He got endorsement deals over that. And he got to be a commentator. Yes. You put him in the booth to comment on other players. Right. So you rewarded him because that was his bad boy image. And Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe were both considered bad boys. And nobody ever said they should be driven off of a tennis, they shouldn't be on a tennis court. But with Serena, you get not only the negative commentary, but then there was this cartoon. From Mark Knight. Um, who works for an Australian newspaper? He put out this. Cartoon. By the way, let's just say it's a Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch Harold's son. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he puts this cartoon out, and I could not believe it. 
It shows um, an image of Serena. Um, With huge lips. Huge arms, legs. Really, it looks like a man, and mm -hmm. her lips are just exaggerated, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, a, in an ape-like fashion. Her hair, I mean, just the way she looks is ridiculous. And then you see little Naomi Osaka over who's on made, the side. Who's depicted as white. With and blonde, blonde hair. Straight blonde hair. <laughs> right. You know, she has curly hair. Yeah. You know, she has kinky hair. And she's a double minority. She's Asian yeah, and, and he, black. And you see none of that. Nope. And then the judge saying, which what pissed me off the most out of all of this, can you just let her win? He saying to um, Naomi um, in this. People were so upset from J.K. Rowling to so many mm -hmm. um, celebrities out there who felt like this was racist because it is. Yeah. Um, and sexist because it is. Mm -hmm. um, and he should be fired. But this man, he has defended it to the end. To the end. And can we just give a shout out to J.K. Rowling who never ceases to come out and say exactly the right thing whether it's against her. Donald Trump uh, or against this guy Mark Knight. She tweeted, well done on reducing one of the greatest sportswomen alive to racist and sexist tropes and turning a second great sportswoman into a faceless prop. I don't know you Amen. read it any other way, but not only is Mark Knight defending this, but his newspaper is too. They're of standing course. by him on this. It's a Murdoch this. paper. Yeah, but he has a history of uh, questionable um, cartoons when it comes to race. But it's 2018, and if, if you know, black women are still being depicted in this exaggerated, I mean, she looks like a blimp blown up with humongous lips, and it's it so looks, She looks like a man. And she looks like a man, like yeah. A, it's, it's like a gorilla. I mm -hmm. mean, and she's stomp, supposed to be, she's stomping on a tennis racket. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they're trying to make it, that moment be about bad sportsmanship. Correct. And and that's not what it is about at all. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's saying that we're not supposed to call out, um, you know, bad behavior, mm -hmm. sexism, mm -hmm. racism. You're not supposed to call that out. And by the way, Serena did not curse at this line, Judge. She mm -hmm. didn't call him an abortion like call Jimmy Connors did. She said, you're a thief. And, and you she owe said, me you, an apology. She asked for an apology. And she, you know what? Her sister, going back to, I guess it was 2016, when mm -hmm. the same judge did the same thing, said the same thing. You owe me yeah. an apology. Yeah. You accused me of cheating. You went after her integrity. Yes. You didn't just say, you know, you made a violation or the ball was wide when I thought it wasn't wide, it was long, when I thought right. it wasn't long. You literally said she's a cheater. But I love that Billie Jean King and others came out and said, you know, coaches do this for every player out there they when they're look. sitting and watching. They all do it. Mm -hmm. And if anything, he could have given her a warning. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. He could have. He could have said, no, you know, no coaching or whatever. Yeah. And that would have he been didn't. that. But he made this moment, moment bigger than it was. Yep. And he ruined it, as you said. And now we have the tennis women. umpire saying they're going to boycott Serena's matches because they feel Ramos is being unfairly criticized. Go ahead and boycott Go him. ahead. We'll go get a robot to be the judge. And and black people will Hashtag stop automation. watching. Yeah. We'll and stop watching. Do it. Look. You do not want to come for Serena. Mm -mm. No. Don't listen. You do saw it. what happened with Kaepernick. Don't do it. He's still rising. Don't do it. And y'all burning your Nikes. It's your own money. I'm just going to say it one more time. I can't with that. Burning your That's own money. So you might as well take your wallet out, take your money out, and burn it. So stupid. You bought so the stupid. Nikes. It's dumb. All right, let's move on. Um, talk about John Legend? Oh, yeah. Who's more of a legend now? I know. He's an EGOT winner. Yes, which means that he has won the Emmy, the mm -hmm. Grammy, the Oscar, and the Tony. Um, so he won an Emmy for uh, producing and writing, I guess as a songwriter, for Jesus Christ Superstar. Which was good. Did you watch the it? The special. No, I didn't get to oh, watch so it yet. it was so good. It was so good. It was really spectacular. Just yeah. the way they staged it was really, and I love that. I happen to love that play. I watched bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Um, I love the guy that's on Power that um, played, mm, he had a beautiful voice. That played Judas? Yes. He was in the original. Hamilton cast. Yes. Brilliant voice. Beautiful Love voice. Oh, yeah. No, so I good. think he was the original Aaron Burr in Hamilton, I want to say. He has no. a voice like butter. I mean, Wait, beautiful. was he in? Was I he? believe it in the first cast, he was one of them. And he was in Hamilton, but I think he was Aaron Burr. Did he play Judas? I'm not. Maybe he was. I think so. Was he? But he was Judas in this. No. No? 
didn't um, um, Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, you're right. Leslie Odom Jr. Amber. was the original yeah. Amber. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He was a different character, but he has the most beautiful voice. Yeah, he does. I and thought he was wonderful. incredible. Um, yeah. Love him. But so John Legend is an EGOT winner. He's the first African young one of the, yeah, he's uh, one of the youngest, I think, if not the youngest. Mm-hmm. Uh, first African American male, second African American. Um, and he's also up for another Emmy this weekend for his acting. That is so great. And I know. In 2015, Glory, he got his song Glory, uh, won for Selma, got an Oscar. Yeah. He got a Tony um, for, for the Jitney. Of Jitney. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And 39 is the magic age. Andrew Gillum, uh, the potential future governor of Florida, also 39. It's a magical age. But did you know where the term EGOT came from? No, tell me. Okay. Is it, is it like Jane, is it a Jane Fonda story? No, Philip Michael Thomas. Stop. I'm not kidding you. Don't even. He is From the Miami creator. Vice. Yes. He came up with the term? Back in the day when he was on Miami Vice. <laughs> He wore this medallion. Tubs. Crocodile tubs. Crocodile tubs. No socks. <laughs> Hashtag no cool socks. Self. Cool pastels. Mm-hmm. Remember when he made a music video? Yes, sad. I do. Ooh, that was a Remember when he was dating Dionne Warwick? Ooh. So many, so many <laughs> so memories. Many so memories. many memories for going on. <laughs> Anywho, he used to wear this medallion, and a reporter asked him, What does EGOT stand for? Right. And he said, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. He said, Because my goal in my career is to win. Each of these awards. Did he ever win any of them? Not no, one. He did not. But well, Miami Vice was a tour de force. Not sure it was Emmy worthy. He did some sometimes, other things, though. Yeah. I don't know. Some what of those shows were head. beautiful, though. I mean, Listen, they were like a music video for an hour. But anyway, show. that's where it came from. Okay, Philip Michael Thomas's contribution that and just the way I planned it. Give his, him that. His single, his hit, <laughs> hit-ish single. Why do you remember just the way that? I planned it? How did that go? Something like just the way I planned it, and he had like a medallion on with his shirt open. He probably like had the egot hair. So he probably had the egot medallion, <laughs> and he was like super cheesy with like the Jerry curl, drippy, like real wet. That was his natural hair. Okay, that was all. <laughs> It was all of their natural hair. That was everybody's natural hair. My hair just grows like this. <laughs> just shiny. <laughs> okay. No, out. you couldn't let people sit on your couch. <laughs> Don't let lean back. <laughs> let your soul blow. <laughs> Ega. I we took our show on the road, cuz. Yes, we did. <laughs> we were waiting for this young lady to come into the Read This, Read That studio, but she could not, but she is worth traveling for. You go to a superstar. We oh picked goodness. up, we, we grabbed our equipment. Yes, we did. Headed Rand. downtown mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to catch her before her book party begins. The one and only April Ryan, who's uh, a friend to our show, even though she's never been on our show, uh, because we both love her so much. We both and love her. Love she's a friend. both back. Yes. How are you? I'm great. Well, tell us where we are and what you're doing today. We're at one of the most fabulous places I've ever seen and fabulous people. Lafayette 148, mm-hmm. the clothing designer. I've been friends with um, the heads of the company for a very long time, and I'm a Lafayette girl. Yeah. Um, I wear a lot of their clothes. You know, when we're on TV, you got to have a change of clothes. So they have been so gracious and to open up their studio, their their offices, their concept store for my book launch. And I'm so thankful. Lafayette 148, New York, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. They're on the gram. They're on Twitter. Yeah, They're on the book. And I've worn a few of their pieces, too, on the air. They, yes. they make some beautiful things. The new book is called Under Fire, Reporting from the Front Lines of the Trump White House. And for those who don't know, mm. I first got to know April Ryan, and I don't think we actually knew each other. I just used to use a lot of your content back oh, when I was doing radio because you are such a long time correspondent from the White House and you for the longest that, time Joy. I haven't told you this you were the only black person so you're when I used to work well, you're the, no, only, the only, only black, 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 black 
black woman that I knew about. Right. And so we would do, um, when we would do our morning news segments, we would listen to uh, American Urban Radio Networks, and we used a lot of your content, and you were sort of our inside inside source when I used to do morning radio. I've never told you that. but So I knew who you were before I knew you, uh, and then turned out that you were not only an an incredible journalist who's right there on the inside with all these administrations, but also a lovely person. Thank you. It's nice when you meet people that you admire and and they turn out to be cool. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear that from the Dragon Slayer because I'm like, oh my God. I was like watching TV, go Joy, get him Joy. She kills him, right? Girl, she knocks him down with one punch and goes on. I say, okay, now next. Well, I got to know April, um, my days at BET. Yes. When I would be in DC, I would see her around here and there. But when we really, I, I remember one time when we really connected was- At the inauguration? Yep, 2008 it inauguration. It was so cold. So cold. This woman who you know knew me in, in passing, Took my me brother by had a crush on you and walked me around introduced me to colin powell that she oh and God. she talked to him like he was coming to her house to eat on sunday <laughs> yes, she yes. was just so familiar with such important people and they knew her and respected her uh-huh. and she introduced me to this person and that person and we had so much fun i, I just love her to death oh, so tell us a little bit for those who are in not in the know when did you start as a, a white house correspondent give us a year the 1997 years oh girls 21 years 21 years now yes mm-hmm. and at my party are some clinton folks um terry edmonds the first head speech writer first black head speech writer for any president african-american from morgan state in baltimore okay wow so um yeah i started in 97 um, I was a novice. I, you know how you, you, you local news and you're doing uh, city hall, you're doing the state house, the beats. Yeah, the beats. You know, what bleeds leads. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, they watched my reporting. They watched my reporting from the NAACP when Ben Chavis was the head. Mm-hmm. You know, what really made them take a look at me, I kept saying, it's not about if, but about when and how he's going to leave. And they were like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. And sure enough, it happened. So um, AURN said, come on board. And I've been there since 1997. Mm. Four it's presidents. Amazing. Four presidents. And so you really, when you say that this president is unusual, that he is outre, that he is not normal, you are, you know what of you speak. This is not normal. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a certain rhythm of the White House with the press corps. You know, there's always been a friendly adversarial relationship, but now it's just adversarial and we are warred upon. I keep saying that. W-A-R-R-E-D. We are. I know I am. Um, and it doesn't feel good. I mean, it, there is a lack of trust. Um, you know, there's no credibility in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly, and just to give you an example, the president could say this at an event and then Sarah Huckabee Sanders has to come back the next day. Well, what he really meant to say was right. something else. As you if know, we didn't hear the actual exactly. words that came out of his mouth or what he tweeted. And it's an insult to our intelligence. It's, it's an insult to the nation and it's an insult to the the, the global community. Mm-hmm. Um, a president of the United States is supposed to be that person who's above the fray, who's supposed to be that person who says what he means. Words mean something at the White House. And then to call us the enemy, to put a target on our heads, it's not good. And to have to walk around, well, I'm not going to get into that. But I'll say this, there's collateral damage for me. Right. Because you've had threats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I have to do what I have to do to make sure I can survive and be a mother to my two daughters. Right. Until they grow old and have their children. I want to see grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm a sister. I'm a neighbor. I'm a niece. I'm an aunt. 
I just happen to be a reporter who asks questions. Nothing absurd, but I'm getting death threats. What is that? Yeah. But I have to ask Because you, the president says what he says. Yeah. Right? So I have to ask because there are those who watch this White House press corps and it's like, People want you guys to kind of band together. For example, if you're hmm. not called upon or if you ask a question and you're cut off, that the next porter will pick up that question, that there's more of you know, a, a unity amongst you all, you all against them to work together to get the job done. Jackie, Why doesn't that happen? Jackie, you know, you know what's going on. You see it. What's happening is, is the fact that back in the day, Helen Thomas, Sam Donaldson, all of them would like follow behind one another. Now you have this new crop of reporters who are somewhat conservative mm. and proud to say I'm a conservative reporter supporting the president in their reports. Others are liberal who hate the president and are proud to say they hate the president. But then you have people like me who just want to ask questions, whether it be for the black community or all communities. And I'm just trying to get the facts. I'm not interjecting any kind of editorial uh, portion of my question I'm just asking a question and I get you know bombarded so in that room you can ask a question other people oh you know it's it's such instead of supporting one another we we're just starting to come together because the nation said why don't you guys support each other and people are seeing that yeah on on social media allow that person to ask a question follow up these a lot of these people are young in that room first job or, or first national job and, and, and they don't understand. And then when they come in new, they, what they want to do is the conservatives particularly want to come for me because the weight of the crowd is heavy. Be careful what you want and what you ask for. Mm -hmm. They want to come for me, but you don't realize I know the inner workings of this place. I can tell you what they're getting ready to do before they do it. Right. And, you know, I think one of the other things people get frustrated about, we all, when we watch these press briefings, we watch your face and oh your face is our feelings. Right? <laughs> and you rolling your eyes. We're just like, please, come on. I, you know what? I really have to work on that. <laughs> No, you can't. You I know, don't play poker. No, we love it. We love it. But one of the things we saw, not whether it was Sean Spicer or Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is what felt like hostility from the podium at directed at you. Sarah Huckabee Sanders even it got is. into a whole fight with you about a pie. It feels hostile. Is it different now than it was in the nope, adversarial it's relationships? Worse. It's much worse. worse. Why it's is it worse? Because now um, she's crossed the line, and I'm now speaking out. Before I would kind of like take it, but. No more. I've got to call it out. At one point, you tried to broker a dinner to try to just oh, talk with her. We had Y'all baked the pie together, didn't you? No, we didn't bake the What are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't even eat the pie. You know, let me tell you something. Didn't she bake you a pie or she something? She baked the pie, You yes. know she would have bought a pie. When the pie was <laughs> open, it. the birds began to sing. Boop. Wasn't that a dainty dish to set before the king? <laughs> real. Remember that, 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 mm -hmm. that child yes. in nursery yes. rhyme? Um, let me say this to you. We... After that pie incident, she asked me, she said, come to my office. Where do we go wrong? I said, I don't know. Let's try to work it out. I wanted that friendly adversarial relationship, and I still want to interview the president of the United States. But when you have your boss who says, I can't stand her, she's going to follow her boss. It was like, it's almost like with Sean. Sean, it was like father boss. You know, it was like he always wanted his approval. And it's almost like that with Sarah to me. I mean, even though she has her daddy, Governor Huckabee, um, it's mm. almost like that. And it's a sad scenario. She's following behind him. And I mean, if we were outside of the White House, maybe we could be two people who could have a conversation and be friendly. But at this point, no. no. And, and she did bake a cake. And she said, 
that whole thing, I didn't realize my influence on, on Twitter and social media. I was joking. You know how we do. When we mm -hmm. have Thanksgiving, we show our harvest of plenty on the table, take mm -hmm. our selfie. I even took a selfie of my food in the back of the truck that someone else made in the tent. Right. Because I was tired this Christmas. She put this, or this Thanksgiving, she put this pie, this picture of a pie on social media. I said, Sarah, hmm. Girl, why don't you put it on the table? Show us a picture on the table with right. your bounty of food. And I said, people are wondering. I said, you know, I was joking. And she said, she came back with something snarky. And other people saw. I said, something angry. So, yes. But you know what? That pie was a symbol. The pie was, it wasn't about the pie. It was a symbol about truth. Mm -hmm. And they were like, if you can lie about a pie, you lie about anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in the I was like, what? And then she baked the pie for me. She said, would you eat it? I said, mm, no. She said, I didn't do anything. <laughs> Fox got it. Even, what is it? Uh, Rock and Burlap got in on it on Fox News. It's dominant. You mean Burlap and Cubic Zirconia? That's right. I call them Burlap and Rock. Yeah. But anyway, um, they even got in on the Fox News. Like, Doesn't she have something better to do? It was Thanksgiving. We were all off. So the bottom line, and it was a joke, but the bottom line is, Fox was saying that I was saying it was, I never said it was poison. They said I said it was poison. But she poisoned you. And then other people on social media were saying, oh, did she watch uh, The Help? And we talked about that. She said, yeah, I, I'm a voracious reader. Before I got this job, I read The Help. I said, that's good. I said, I never said that. I said, other people said it. But I said, if someone doesn't like you, you don't eat it. Right. You won't. My parents taught me that a long time ago. Yeah. You know? I have to ask you about another incident that people will remember when Donald Trump and the president mm -hmm. of the United States singled you out and, and said, why don't you call the your Congressional Black it, yeah. Caucus members, your friends, and set up a meeting? Because you asked him, because a lot of times you are the only person asking, or not you're the only, but there are not a lot of people asking questions you from said our community's perspective. You said something so poignant last year. You said April Ryan used to be the only one asking questions about black America. From our you community. Said, yeah. And then you said, it's now in vogue to do it. You are absolutely right, Joy. Yeah. Everybody thinks that it's in vogue now. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 some years. Now they say, oh, she's getting attention for this. Let me Let's do all it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they want attention. But see, here's the thing. When I got up, the president was talking. Okay. First of all, during his um, run for office, he was talking about what do you have to lose, right? Mm -hmm. But he was also talking about an urban fix. I wanted to find out about it. Now, mind you, my cousin is a former congressman. I do know him. We are blood. Congressman, former congressman at Towns of New York. That's your cousin? Yeah, You're related he's, to everybody. He's, here, he's, out, he's here today. You're related to Melba? Shh. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> I know. I said everybody thinks I'm related to the world. Everyone. You are. <laughs> but Melba's on the other. No, Melba is on this side. Well, it's kind of. Well, anyway. So, um. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So, look, we should talk. We're related. Okay. <laughs> Good point. So, but no, there's a half a degree of separation in the black community. It's not six degrees. Yes. So, anyway, so, um. I know him and I know a few others. I don't know all the members. I'm still getting to know them. But every, when everyone was saying that that was racist, it wasn't racist to me. I looked at it more as sinister because he said, aren't they your friends? Don't you know them? And just a week and a half prior to, I got an altercation in the West Wing between the Oval Office and Sean Spicer's office back and forth down the hallway with Omarosa. Because she was, we, it, it culminated, um, it was a crescendo moment because I confronted her about saying I'm taking money from Hillary Clinton and telling Sean Spicer not to call on me. So when she's, and which the Hillary Clinton thing is a complete lie, mm -hmm. okay? But when someone has an ear of the president and you're saying that, and then for him to say that a week and a half later, it makes you say, oh my God, what, what is going on? I am not in the pocket of anyone. I'm in the pocket of my two girls. 
You know, they are paying me love by love. I work hard every day. You know, I have scrounged and I do not apologize for, for what I do, writing books, working on CNN, working at AURN and speaking. I do not because when someone else does it, it's fine. Right. What happened with you and Omarosa? Take us back because you all used to be friends. You we were, were close. To, no, let's call it. What, weren't I you supposed to be in her wedding? You were supposed to be in her wedding. Why but, is everybody? That's the only thing everybody wants because, to talk because about. Because it speaks to I the closeness. I did not get a diable. I did not get the taff or the swatch for the dress. No, but I, I can tell you, so we good. were together at a White House correspondence dinner and I, that Omarosa walked up to the two of us, grabbed each of us by the hand and pulled us up to go take selfies by the podium. So I can attest to the fact that you all were friends. We Wait, were friends. Happened? We were very close. And this is this is the last um no no but, but i want to i want to ask about mm -hmm. what ha like i'm going to tell you okay I'm gonna tell okay, you. okay okay i'm sorry so and then we're going to have to run because the party goes on but yes. i have to stop for my sister book launch the book launch we were friends um but um, we met during the clinton years but what happened was she was working for al gore when al gore wanted to talk to me she would he uh he would ask her to call me here's what happened omarosa and i were friends but what happened was she had to prove herself to this trump group because she used to be a democrat she used to be an obama loving clinton loving bill hillary clinton loving democrat mm -hmm. and she had to prove herself to them and what better way to prove herself and get their loyalty and their trust by getting someone close to them that the president had in his uh, line of fire a member of the press she wanted to cut my head off, put it on the platter to serve it to them, to show them that she was loyal. And not only that, she, when she started saying that, she got one of her lawyer friends, who I'm not going to say their name, and I've got the DMs from the person from the Twitter when they DM me. I was on Meet the Press mm -hmm. when they were texting me about, oh, well, I'm hearing all of this. Do you need me to represent you? Look at that. They were trying to create a perfect storm to bury me. Thank God I had enough sense to say, wait a minute, no. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened, and that's the way it was, and I'm going to leave it at that. I love <laughs> you guys. Ooh. We love you, too, and congratulations. The book is Under Fire, reporting from the front lines of the Trump White House. To we be can continued. Talk we yes, need to, to have a part two for this interview. Yes. You got to go out there and she's, sell the Because she's tweeting and talking, and honey, you know, mm -hmm. I ain't got time for, for greasiness. You know, yeah. I, I, I keep myself straight. Absolutely. You know, Don't she, come for April if she has not called Jesus you. Jesus is real. That's all I got to In the say. name Smile of Jesus. Me. Yes. yes. Well, we're going to yes. let you go out there before they literally knock this door down. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. April. April. I love you. Guys. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of Read This, Read That. On the road. Yes, we are. It's, it's so exciting. It's exciting. This is like our, well, not our first road trip, but the first time we kind of stopped mid-show yeah. to travel to grab a guest, but April Ryan was worth it. We cheated on the moxie. Uh, the book is called Under Fire, reporting from the front lines of the Trump White House. You should also follow April at April D. Ryan on Twitter. Her Twitter is, is kind of fire, especially now oh, that she and Omarosa are having a are moment. Are going at it on social media, so check that out. We'll have to yes. get her back to talk more about that. Oh, we need to get more into the tea, but she had to run out and do her thing. But of course, uh, we love you guys listening to us. You can always listen to Jackie Reed. You should follow her on Twitter. First yes, of all, Jackie please. Reed. At Jackie Reed. That's at simple. Jackie Reed. You should yes. follow Read This, Read That at read this read that leave up the last t on all the social media handles and you should also follow at joy and read yes because that is her name <laughs> um and you can also watch her on the weekends on am joy at 10 a.m eastern time and you can catch jackie Reed on so many venues the hub today in boston if you happen to be lucky enough to be in boston that's where what time is the hub today on it is on at 12 30 it's on at 12 30 you can also catch jackie Reed monday through friday on new york live yes. and tuesdays and fridays on the tom joiner morning show the tjms where you hear 
hear inside her story. So many jobs. So many jobs. can I say that for the first time this week, this Saturday at 2 p.m. on Sirius's Progress Channel, you can listen to my new podcast. Oh my gosh. Inside Her Story with Jackie. You're cheating on me with another podcast. You have another podcast. I do? You're, oh, you're right, I do. They make it from the show. I forgot. <laughs> Listen to that, too. All right, yes, Jackie, congratulations on that. Inside Her Story, I love because it is talking about women and our issues, yes. our history, important guests, guests that you would not hear in mainstream TV. And I could say both of us do mainstream TV. Yes, we do. And a lot of these stories get short trips. I have a couple of guests to suggest to you. Oh, good. We can talk about offline um, great, incredible people that I met at the yes. Congressional Black Caucus that you should do their story. I so love Inside that. Her Story, give us the days again when you can uh, listen to that. It'll be on Saturdays at 2 p.m. on Pro. Progress, and then they'll start rebroadcasting it sometime on Sunday. I'll let you guys know then, but it's a podcast, so you can also go to Inside Her Story. Fabulous. Um, on iTunes. And see, AM Joel be already stuff. over, so you're going to need something else to listen Isn't to. Isn't that perfect? You can go to church in between. You can never get enough read. Amen. You can never get enough church. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. <laughs> we will see you next time. Yes. And bye. Come back, come back to me, baby. You know I need you, need you, need you.